0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Agnes Drew, and it's day 1230 since we came back on the air. I hope you're all well. It's just me in here, locked in and safe, and I know no one else is listening because Max is out scavenging. Really, he's distracting himself from events of the last few days and the fact that Cirsa, the pilot, is gone. Thank goodness. Sorry if that seems mean, listeners, but I actually didn't really like her in the end. I know she doesn't listen to the station, and like I said, Max is out and probably will be for a while, and Dr. Clark is working in the garden. Also distracting herself, I think, between you and me. there has been so much drama here the last few days. I haven't been able to get in here and talk to you all and tell you what was really going on because everyone has had to get things off their chests. Jeez. And they say I'm the dramatic artist-dreamer of the group. So here's what happened. Cirsa, this pilot, who I'm sure you've all heard plenty about by now, shows up out of the blue four days ago. She's never listened to the broadcast, didn't know it existed, didn't even know we were here... And yet, as fate would have it, she and Max knew each other as teenagers. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, am I right? What's more than that, something happened between them when they were young and in school. What I've finally been able to deduce with great difficulty, I might add, because everyone has been so weird lately, is that it wasn't serious. But there was at least one kiss... And some very strong feelings between them. But then she moved to Ireland, got married, and had kids, and nothing else ever happened. Well, when she showed up, Max kind of fell off a cliff. If they didn't want me to give such a dramatic recounting of the tale, they should have all acted less crazy for the last four days. Not that they know I'm telling you all everything. Please don't tell them. Anyway, he got all spacey and clumsy and odd, and I knew immediately what was going on. I've seen and had enough crushes, listeners. I know what's what in that department. So I just start kind of observing and trying to figure out what level Max is at. Is he Titania infatuated with Bottom in that silly overwrought way that doesn't actually mean anything? Is he Heathcliff, moodily brooding for his Catherine, but wholly unsuited to her, if you ask me, and trapped in a doomed kind of love that could never make either of them very happy? Yes, I have strong opinions about Wuthering Heights. And yes, obviously, all of my analogies are going to involve classic literature. It's me, after all. And I couldn't have begun to sort this mess out without their dear, sensible guidance. Or, listeners, is he Eleanor Dashwood, secretly and desperately pining for his Edward, his one true love without whom he shall never, ever truly find happiness? It was a dire mission, and one to which I extended my all. I couldn't exactly read Circa right away, and I can read anything, listeners. She seemed nice and unflawed, and that made me suspicious. Who on this earth is truly unflawed? She and Max started spending lots of time out on walks and talking in the garden, and I started to notice certain things. She had this kind of annoying, tinkly little laugh that just seemed kind of fake. And, of course, we all want to help each other as much as possible in our brave new world, lending a hand when need be or giving someone your extra supplies. But she stayed with us for four days— And didn't really help out at all. Who does that these days? And then I noticed something else funny. Dr. Clark got very quiet. And I mean, even quieter than usual. And not in her endearing, I'm focusing on science right now, Agnes. We can analyze your dreams later kind of way. No, this was in a sad and almost dejected kind of way. I tried to keep an eye on her while spying on Max and Sirsa, and it was pretty exhausting. But after three days, things finally really came to a head. Here was the biggest issue, listeners. Circe wasn't bringing out Max's best side. She was bringing out a really annoying, irresponsible side of him, actually. He stopped doing any of his chores, and Dr. Clark and I picked up the slack because that's what families do. But it was really hard. We didn't even talk about it. He just started spending all of his time with her and ignoring everything else. He also just didn't seem like himself. And this is a classic literary red flag, my friends. Not just literary, real life, too. I had two friends growing up, a pair of sisters whose mother passed away when they were far too young. It was really, really hard for them. Their family of four was like peas in a pod before that. Their mom and dad were best friends and brought out the most loving, kind, and playful sides of each other. And then, after their mom passed, my friends and their father clung so tightly to each other, trying to mend their broken hearts enough to still want to live and rebuild life to the point that it was at least tolerable for them. But my friends told me later that even during that dark, dark time of grieving and forcing themselves to get out of bed in the morning, they had the three of them to lean on. They got each other through it. Years later, their father started dating again. He told the girls that he would never love anyone like he'd love their mother, but he didn't want to be lonely. My friends tried really hard to support him, even though it was hard and it made them miss their mother more because they really wanted him to be happy. But he just kept choosing really mean or intense women to date, and my friends, try as they might, just couldn't click with any of them. Eventually, he started dating this one woman who just brought out the worst side of him. She was mean to him in private, my friends found out later, causing him to turn around and snap at his beloved girls, because that's the behavior he was around all the time. She was insanely jealous of their mother who had passed on and insanely jealous of my friends, and she tried to keep them apart from their father and made up mean things about them to him when they weren't around. She also stopped them from going on the trips they'd always taken as a family of four, then a family of three that were the cornerstones of their relationships. Their time to truly relax and be together as a family, the happiest moments of my friends' lives growing up, and then the time when the three of them got to honor and really be present with their mother and his wife after she'd passed on. My friends told me that they would talk to their mom about it, and she would just tell them to breathe, not worry, because she had this and was taking care of it for them. My friends finally agreed to a therapy session with the girls, and My friend's father finally agreed to a therapy session with the girls, and he finally just admitted that he'd been avoiding trips with them and gaslighting them because there would be hell to pay when he got back with the woman's jealousy and cruelty. The news shocked my friends, but made them feel less crazy and helped them understand the extent of her jealousy. Anyway, I'm going on and on because it really made me mad. I loved those friends, and I hope they're okay wherever they are now. I'm sure they are. They were survivors. But eventually, their father broke up with the woman, and the three of them took several wonderful, blissful trips as a family, which led to the father meeting a really nice woman who did everything that someone dating a widow or widower should do. She was kind to my friends, but she gave them space to be a man and his daughters, first and foremost. She allowed lots of space for my friend's mother to be energetically there. And she was all right with their mother having been the love of their father's life. She was completely fine with all of their time as a family unit, any trips they wanted to take, and even backing off on special days like Mother's Day or their mother's birthday giving them space, unless she was invited to do something specifically. Uh, Listeners, I did not realize how long this has been. Sorry, I didn't mean to make this one such a cliffhanger, but I'll have to wrap it up tomorrow. Sit tight, listeners. This has been Agnes Drew for Mercury, a broadcast of hope. Take care of each other.